hello. Welcome back to Planet Retard, you legit tards. Uh, it's just me and Jen today. Happy Friday. Our guest had to reschedule, and uh, I just figured we could do it. Just me, myself, and Jen. So uh, we are going to have a kind of a, what do you call it? A giveaway. We had It's not a sponsor, but they... It's a company named LMNT and they sell electrolyte, electrolyte supplements and they sent us a bunch of free shit. So we're going to do a, some kind of giveaway and we'll figure that out later. Are uh, we going to try that too? Yeah. No, I'm going to keep a box for myself. Okay. Figured we could do a review giveaway or some shit. But yeah, uh, let's just get right into it then. Where is my share button? It's a lot weirder when we don't have a guest. And we're pretty sober. Yeah, that's also when we get retired together. We're usually pretty drunk. Well, I, I just got off work, so I didn't have time to like get hammered first. The first story is the Philippines holds bloody crucifixions on Good Friday despite Catholic Church objection. Happy Easter, everyone! This is what Jesus wanted. A province in the Philippines held bloody crucifixions to uphold a local Good Friday tradition despite the objection of the Catholic Church. The religious tradition saw eight people nailed to wooden crosses wearing thorny crowns of twigs. Oh, they didn't even go with thorns, pussies, as they reenacted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on Good Friday, according to the AP. Yeah, there's a picture of them up there. That's that's good for them. Good Friday is a Christian holiday that commemorates the crucifixion and death of Christ before his resurrection on Easter Sunday. The crucifixions, which were held in San Pedro, Ud Pampanga are the province's first display of religious devotion after a three-year pause due to the COVID-19 pandemic. They paused their religious demonstrations because of COVID? Yeah, I mean, Jesus had to sit that one out. It was COVID. They could have died. Right, but they'll get nailed to crosses instead. Yeah. So, But prior to the crucifixions, devotees carried heavy crosses on their backs from more than half a mile to the top of a hill. Hundreds of others also walked barefoot and whipped their bare backs with sharp bamboo sticks. Villagers dressed as Roman centurions later hammered four-inch stainless steel nails through the eight men's palms and feet. They were then left on the cross under the sun for about 10 minutes. That's my favorite part. That's why I sent this to you. This article isn't really inherently funny, but they're showing their devotion by like sort of doing what Jesus did. Not all the way, though. They're like, we'll get nailed to the cross, but just for like 10 minutes in the sun, and then you can take me down. Can you imagine the lawsuits if this happened in the u.s they actually drove nails through their fucking hands and feet i'm sure they were volunteering i mean i don't think this was a punishment how did they not break their feet I isn't that a know. solid bone in your foot i think there's several bones in your foot it sounds disgusting so while they were pussies and didn't stay there till they died so they could resurrect later uh they did legitimately get nailed for they got nailed for <laughs> 10 minutes the picture is really unclear, probably because there's, I'd imagine, quite a bit of blood. But they're kind of held up there, too. So yeah, Jesus, they're not hanging I mean, by the nails. Uh, hanging by the nails. And that it looks also like they're standing on a platform of some sort. Wasn't Jesus, didn't he just have a nail to support his? I don't know. Feet? There's a lot of people that argue about that. And, and some of them were saying it actually went through his wrist right here because there's two bones in your wrist like this. And they were saying they put it through those two bones and that's what, what held them up. But. Who fucking knows? Yeah, but you can't really hold yourself up and you die of suffocation, I believe. That's why they that's why it was so painful, is because they'd have to lift themselves up to take a breath and then right. go back down. So if they completely went down, then they'd suffocate and die. So just, I don't know why they bother with the nails through the palm thing if they're gonna be tied up there anyway and being standing on a platform. I mean, it's just not really 
I don't know. I think it's kind of a bitch move. Sorry. Jesus is looking down. Like, <laughs> He's like, not good enough. Yeah. It really isn't, though. Anyway, I just thought I'd bring some good old-fashioned Easter news, and then you have everything else. So let's hear what you have. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, what's the next story? So deportation possible for Russian after taking nude photo in Bali. A Russian tourist identified as Yuri. Of course it is. Isn't everyone in Russia named Yuri? Uh, is to be deported after taking nude photos in Bali. He posed completely naked from the waist down on the highest point. Just the waist down. He's uncomfortable. He just chest. took a dick pic. A really yeah. fancy dick pic. Uh, from the waist down on the highest point on Mount Agung. Widely believed by Hindus to be the home of the gods. So he was he was showing him his wiener. He's like, check out my dick. Indonesian mm. authorities stated that Yuri's behavior showed no respect for Balinese culture or customs. And it has some stuff about the mountain, blah, blah, blah. Does, does it show the picture? I uh, Kind of from behind, like a silhouette. I want to see if his dick is worthy of the gods. Yuri's pants hung down by his ankles and he was ang angled facing the mountain range with his back and butt facing the camera. Oh, so they didn't even take a picture of his wang, just his, his bare little butt. Oh, and it was he put it on Instagram. <laughs> his Instagram post has since been deleted, but not before going viral over the weekend for all the wrong reasons. I'm pretty sure that's the right reason a post should go viral. Some dude's ass in the mountains. Why not? And he's banned from re-entering Indonesia for at least the next six months. Jeez, that seems like overkill. You have half-naked chicks on the internet. Like, why the dude's right? butt is so offensive? Maybe it's because it was a dude's butt. They're like, ooh, get that hairy thing off of here. <laughs> now we do have more. Where is that one? Oh, there it is. So we have more cock news because, and I literally have to look up penis and news to get stories like this, and uh, it does not just disappoint. So, in the most Japanese thing fucking possible, Japan's annual penis festival is unlike anything else. Yeah, because there's only one thing like a penis. That's a penis. Called Kanemaru, Kanemaru Matsuri has been an annual tradition since 1969, of course. And being known for its fun, it raises money for a good cause. But you should see the pictures if you want to look up this article, because there's just giant wangs. They, I mean, they are fake, obviously. <laughs> it, I think Japanese people have a thing with big wangs because they have such small ones, in my opinion. That picture, though, proportionally, isn't that big of a dick. Are you kidding me? That's like seven feet. <laughs> I know it's seven feet. I mean, proportionally. If you can see the picture oh, if it was from the body. head to the balls, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big of a dick, is what I meant. <laughs> I get it that it's a huge, a huge pink dick. On a parade. Well, float. Japan has weird, like porn, like ant or anime or whatever shit that they do too. It's very strange tentacles and whatnot. So, in early April, scores of revelers <laughs> gather in the city of Kawasaki. That's a motorcycle, about thirty minutes south of Tokyo, to celebrate this thing, Japan's infamous penis festival, with a name translating roughly to Festival of the Steel Phallus. Hmm. The main festivities have taken place on the first Sunday of April since 1969. Yes, seriously, is what it says. At the festival centering on the um, organ and fertility, attendees get to erect giant penis statues on handheld shrines, enjoy penis-shaped lollipops by penis-shaped candles, and obviously dress as penises. There's a obviously, that is not obvious. I wouldn't think to do that at all. 
That's a would classic you, Halloween costume, a big dick and balls. Sure, but if you were going to a penis festival, would you be like, I have to dress like a dick? I mean, if it's a penis <laughs> festival, what are you going to do? Dress up as a vagina? That'd be weird. I would just wear normal clothes and see what they had going on. You can see that in San Francisco any day of the week. Uh, amazing. So fun. So unique. Such a different experience. Oh, that's Australian. One Australian tourist who went to this year's gathering told Euronews. So weird coming from Australia to see something like this, but it looks like everyone's having a great time. Yeah, this dude's got a, a penis hat. They have something with pink penises. I guess penises are kind of pink. More purple, but... Yeah, there's all kinds of pictures. Oh, that is disturbing. Penis lollipops. Oh, it's flesh-colored, too. That one's got, like, a crocheted penis. Okay. Look at... <laughs> the faces. <laughs> They're just putting it on that lady's head. There you go. That one's a penis lollipop. do you get a mold Giant for that? dicks. Whoa, that one's... Okay. <laughs> This is dude taking a selfie with a selfie stick with a penis pop in his mouth. <laughs> this is the weirdest shit. No homo. Oh, actually, <clears throat> I had some other penis news. Not an article, but I don't think I mentioned it on the show yet. Uh, I was out doing my job a couple weeks ago, and I walk up to this house to deliver a package, and there's a dog chained up out front with a massive erection. And I don't know if you've ever seen a dog dick, but they are just weird looking. And he seemed very, you know, either concerned or confused by it because he kept looking at it and like trying to fuck with it. And but it was cool. It was actually worked out for me because I didn't know whether this dog bit or not. So I just kind of went the long way around him and went to the door and came back. And he was still sitting there looking at his penis. Remember that? I told you that story, right? I don't think you did. Yeah, I did. I, I texted it to you. I said I came up to a house the other day and this dog had a massive boner. Sure. I didn't know that you. I don't know. I didn't know that the dog was staring at it and couldn't make it go away. And was it a big dog? No, it was just like a little lab or something. But That's big enough. It could definitely fuck it, you. It was walking weird. It was like, <laughs> like it didn't know what to do with it. It's like, what is this? Why is this coming out of me? Hot. He's really attracted to a man in uniform. Well, that's the funny thing. I did tell you about the other time that dog had a boner. Um, and that was after really I like pet you. it. So it, it was a nice dog. I mean, too nice, obviously, but... I walk in and I see a dog coming around the corner. I'm like, shit, dog. And it comes up and she's like, do, 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 like a dog. And I'm petting it. And it's like, yeah, pets. I deliver the package and come back and it's coming after me still. I'm trying to like nuzzle my hand. And then I look down and it's got a, a boner. Dogs have a thing for me. What can I say? Damn, babe. They yeah. think you're a bitch. I, I guess. <laughs> if chick Ooh, pheromones. I want to hear this article. This is All scary. Right. Next story is chat GPT powered Furby. And apparently Furbies are coming back now. Uh, but ChatGPT-powered Furby reveals toys planned to take over the world. Jessica Card of the University of Vermont combined a Furby with the power of ChatGPT for a computer science class project. More than 1.3 million people had watched a video of her creation within two days of it being uploaded to Twitter. It is terrifying looking, as you could imagine. It's got like the classic Furby face, but it's connected to a bunch of shit. Doesn't have the rest of the body of the Furby. Right. Furby was no doubt one of the creepiest toys to emerge from the 90s, and the dead eyed robots are finding new ways to horrify 25 years on. 25 years on. The pointy eared monstrosities were pitched as an interactive pet with none of the mess back in 1998 and used a combination of sensors and software to develop new behaviors over time. They could detect things like being picked up, being stroked, <laughs> and patted, and communicated with their comrades in their own alien language before eventually learning some English. It all sounds a bit 
AI, and now the true potential of Furby has threatened to be unleashed by a computer science student who hooked one up to ChatGPT. So this chick uh, shared a video of the brutally disembodied Furby. This thing would stop scrolling. I could read this. Shorn of everything but its eyes and beak, answering questions via OpenAI's popular chatbot. All right, let's we'll play this video. See if it works. Was that it? Oh, it's thinking. This is dead air for Furby. Come on. Speak. Okay. Oh, that seems programmed. Oh, yeah. It did say it was thinking, though. So, yeah, but that's what ChatGPT does. Uh, ChatGPT is fucking on it. Like, I'll answer, ask it a complex, que complex question, and it'll just sit there and go boom, 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 and type. I've asked it questions, and it gives the little thinking bar for a minute. Oh, maybe you ask more complicated questions than I ask. <laughs> huh. Well, I mean, oh, this is how ChatGPT Furby was built. Don't care. Like no wizardry. Did you ever have a Furby? No. Why the fuck? I think I was Maddie too old for it by then. That's true. Maddie had a Furby. It changed its personality because she she held it upside down by mistake, and it changed into this silly. It was like laughing and was super annoying, and she started crying. She was so afraid of it. It was just like um, it's it was like wakey wakey eggs and bakey, and said some weird stupid phrases. It sounded like Jar Jar Binks a little bit, <laughs> and she was terrified. Misa, so happy to see you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next story is Brussels Monopoly game Row ends in samurai sword fight with man said to be fighting for his life. I mean, that's how every Monopoly game should end. Either get the table gets upturned or people start sword fighting. Monopoly is the worst game. Here's a perfect example. I like it, but only for the first couple rounds. And then once people start owning Monopolies, it just kind of goes downhill from there. The whole premise of the game is terrible. Be the richest person and make everybody else bankrupt and then you win. It's awful. It's boring and it's awful. It sounds like a game uh, Trump would have come up with. Uh, the trouble reportedly started in the forest area of the Belgian capital about 5 a.m. on Sunday when residents became annoyed by four people playing the board game on the pavement outside their home. So they're playing Monopoly at 5 a.m. on a Sunday on the pavement outside people's houses. That sounds annoying. That sounds like you should be uh, stabbed. Yeah. A man came out of his house, apparently brandishing a stick, and got into an argument with the Monopoly players. Reports say the resident's son then came outside armed with a Japanese samurai sword in its holster. <laughs> During the scuffles that followed, the katana sword became exposed after the sheath was allegedly removed by one of the Monopoly players. The player tried to grab the katana and remove the holster. The son tried to get it back. It's thought the son and one of the Monopoly players were injured by the blade. Probably. I mean... Those things are supposed to be sharp, right? And so it originally said he was in life-threatening condition. Both men were also arrested. The area along the street where the game had been played by the group was left stained with large patches of blood and scattered with Monopoly cards. I mean, bitch had it coming. If you're playing that game, 
Exactly. It sounds the- like they were just being annoying. And the guy was probably like, hey, can you guys play that anywhere else besides right outside our On house super early in the morning? At 5 a.m.? Yeah, at 9 o'clock. It's like phone calls. Phone calls from telemarketers. 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Those are acceptable times to play Monopoly outside somebody's home. That's it. Just why? I mean, I mean people got to have fun, whatever. Well, uh, this is a great... Where was this one? Oh. So this is in Pennsylvania, but it's cause, funny because he had like a Florida license plate. But the headline is, rough day for man driving stolen school bus with dead deer inside. Suspect told the police he intended to use the deer, dead deer as fertilizer in his garden. This is a man in York County, Pennsylvania, was arrested Tuesday morning after allegedly leading officers on two separate separate vehicle chases in two counties. It all began, began early on Tuesday after Pennsylvania state troopers stopped a BMW with, with a Florida plate and questioned the driver, Tony Sanders. Uh, the local TV station reported that troopers said they could see items in the car Sanders was driving that appeared to be from a nearby convenience store where a theft had been reported. However, Sanders reportedly told police he got the items at a junkyard. There was also reportedly a dog in the vehicle and a dead deer in the trunk of the BMW. Sanders allegedly drove away when troopers asked him to exit the vehicle and turn off his headlights during the chase to avoid detection. But he reportedly had to leave the BMW when he wasn't able to maneuver the car over some railroad tracks. He allegedly ran into a heavily wooded area. Later that morning, law enforcement agencies were notified that a school bus had been stolen in Abbottstown. Uh, Carroll Township Park Police said officers first spotted the bus at a shopping center parking lot and eventually caught up with it. The driver pulled over briefly, but then pulled away and kept driving. The driver then allegedly led officers on a chase that ended after he abandoned the bus and ran away on foot while stripping off his clothes. Way to not be suspicious. Yeah. He's like, well, they know that I'm wearing a black hoodie like, and all these clothes. I, I better ch- just be naked. I gotta change my identity. Let me take my pants off. Yeah. Police apprehended and identified the driver of Sanders, who allegedly admitted he had stolen the school bus after crashing the BMW. He also allegedly claimed he intended to use the dead deer carcass to fertilize his garden. Fucking leave the guy alone. That that detail is so unimportant. Who gives a shit? It's just funny for the story. Like I he guess. had a dead deer in there, and he's like, oh, "What, what happened with the dog?" He's, they said there was a dog in the BMW. I want to know what happened to that I poor dog. I made it out. I hope so. That dog probably has a boner now. Did you download the video that I sent you of the alien deer? No, but I can find it. Yeah, we got to find that. We can do that, that, that to me. round out the show. Uh, so this is a real snakes on a plane. A highly venomous cobra found under pilot's seat. Cobras are some of the most evil-looking motherfuckers. Like, and they raise their head and curl their bodies. All right, Rudolph Erasmus alerted his four passengers of the stowaway reptile after he felt something cold slide across his lower back. Oh God! No! 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 (laughs) No! Looking down, he saw the head of a Cape Cobra, also known as a Yellow Cobra, receding back under the seat. Cape Cobras are one of Africa's most dangerous cobra species because of the potency of their venom. And because just fuck snakes. One bite can kill someone in just 30 minutes. Can you imagine how many bullets that guy was sweating? And he's flying a plane. (laughs) There was a moment of stunned silence, Mr. Erasmus said, adding that everyone managed to stay calm. I mean, you're on a plane. You want to keep keep it calm. You want the pilot especially to keep calm. With the snake curled up by his feet, the pilots called air traffic control asking for permission to make an emergency landing, which was another 10 to 15 minutes away. Emergency responders and, and a snake handler were on site to meet the plane and the visibly shaken passengers when it landed, but it was here when the tail took another turn. Snake handler 
The snake handler and a team of aviation engineers searched the plane for almost two days but still hadn't found the Cobra by Wednesday. They were unsure if it had escaped unnoticed. Due to the engineering company the pilot worked for needing the plane back, he was forced to fly the 90-minute journey back with the possibility that the Cobra was still on board. I would say I was on high alert, Mr. Erasmus said, having worn a thick winter jacket, wrapped a blanket around his seat, and had a fire extinguisher, insect repellent, and a golf club within arm's reach. The plane has now been stripped with, with still no signs of the deadly snake. And uh, the closing comments by the pilot said, I hope it finds somewhere to go, just not on my aircraft. Wait a second. So how how would it get out unnoticed? So They're on the an only airstrip. One? It's not like there's a lot of shit going on. It's not cluttered. An airfield is very, very bare. No, so really strange because if he was he the only one that saw it? Because I don't know if he has like a... That's what I'm wondering. Is a it a hallucination? Or, no, or he just wanted to land somewhere because he had something to take a dump or something. He didn't want to tell people that. Who knows? I it doesn't think that's say if so any of the other passengers saw it. Oh, it shows a picture of the plane, though. And it's just one of those tiny little... It's a tiny plane. I get it. Like but the Honda Civic of planes. You would see a yellow Cobra on the runway somewhere. It's not like it moves quickly. It's a fucking snake. It's still on that plane. I'm sorry. It's pretty fucking fast. Okay. It probably crawled into the... You know what's weird? Since it's such a small plane, it doesn't have like an area to stow your bags or anything. It's very small. Huh. Whatever. Either way, that guy got to take his dump or would do whatever he wanted to do. <clears throat> All right. The last one is a listicle. And we'll see if we can get through some of these. It's 21 of the world's most interesting customs. And number one, in China, husbands carry pregnant wives over burning coal. This unique custom serves a few purposes. Some believe that a successful journey over the coals will ensure the woman has an easy, less painful labor. For others, it is a show of solidarity between a husband and wife, the husband taking on his own pain and hardship in sympathy with his pregnant wife. The show of compassion and love is thought to solidify the family bond. God, can you imagine if you had a fight the day before? Just like You just drop her on. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be concerned. <laughs> now have that baby and make me a sandwich. Where's the next one? Dude, some of these listicle pages are. Is awful. there something you have to click next? Probably. Hang on. Oh. Yeah, look at this. Do you see the next button? Yeah, hey, I probably wrote this. Keep oh, scrolling. wait. Next? Oh, this might be it. Let me see. Yep. All right. And this, the next one is the Festival of Piercing in Haipusam. Never even heard of that place. Oh, it's in Thailand. Okay. This is a frenzied, spectacular scene where participants pierce parts of their bodies and faces with swords, skewers, and hooks. They also sometimes practice other forms of bodily mutilation, like cutting off their ding-dongs. No, it doesn't say that. Some participants, participants also make a show of pulling heavy objects with hooks attached to their piercings. This also sounds like something you'd see at like a pride festival. What's the purpose of this? Uh, we'll see. Let's see. Uh, it's Worshippers honor Lord Murrigan and pray that he will give them strength to battle their internal and external demons. Piercings are a way to show devotion and gratitude. Okay. Imagine how many uh, diseases come from that. Gross. Yeah, that's. it doesn't seem like it. People have the weirdest customs for the weirdest reasons. It's just like uh, religion yeah, a You don't bit. fuck with tradition, though. We've been doing it since 1800, so we got to do it. Uh, this next tradition dates back to the 1600s. The El Colacho Festival in Spain combines Catholic and pagan traditions. 
During the festival, men in red and yellow masks represent the devil, run through the streets insulting and whipping villagers. Drummers then announce the arrival of the pious men who come to drive away the devil. What happens next? Babies born during the prior year are placed on a mattress in the middle of the street. The devils then leap over the babies. Why? Some people believe the devils absorb the sins of the babies and protect them from misfortune. The babies are then sprinkled with rose petals and claimed by their parents. Oogie. These are interesting. Uh, number four is don't get married if you have to go to the bathroom. That's the only time I get married is when I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> In Borneo, it is a it is customary for newlywed couples of the Tidong tribe. It is customary for newlywed couples of the Tidong tribe are to refrain that's worded weird uh, from going to the bathroom for three days before their wedding. Why? Uh, obviously, so they have to take a dump on the day of. <laughs> It says refraining from emptying yourself is thought to strengthen the married couple's bond <laughs> because they're just going to shit all over each other. Where do these come from? I want to know the the history of where these customs come from. So refraining some, from emptying that's that can get you kidney stones. I mean, I don't. It can strengthen your bond and give you sepsis or something too. Does it mean do they have to fast? You'd think fasting would be the only way to make sure that happens. Otherwise, you're just eating and eating and eating and holding it in. Yeah, is fasting part of this? Like what? What's going Some on? Some people also believe that relieving yourself after the wedding will bring unhappiness, infertility, and death. It says at least the wedding guests can go to the bathroom. Oh, wow. I'm not doing that one. Sorry. I pooped too much. Uh, slurping your food is number five. Maddie told me about this. Chinese society has many polite customs that surround dining. For example, I think I've heard of this one. For example, no one sits or eats until the ghost or guest, host or guest has taken his or her place at the table and started the meal. The host serves tea, beginning with the eldest and ending with the youngest. The Chinese also have an interesting custom of slurping noodles. If you're in a ramen restaurant or being served ramen in someone's home, get ready for a noisy feast. Slurping noodles is a must if you're enjoying this delicious dish. It is a fun way to eat and let your host know you love the meal. That's kind of like in Japan. I think it was in Japan where you burp after the meal to be like, thank you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. But Maddie was telling me she wants to live in Japan so bad. So apparently my kid wants to move to Japan next year. This is a Chinese custom. I know, but she said it's something she heard in Japan as well. It might be Asian overall, but if you don't slurp your noodles, it's really rude. <laughs> and over here, people will get pissed off if you do that. Like, yeah, I, I see you're enjoying that. it because you fucking quiet down a little bit. Mouth noises is the worst. Why would anyone think that's great? Number six, in South Korea, um, tipping is insulta- insulting. Workers in the food inter- inter- industry receive very fair wages and take tremendous pride in their work. Trying to tip them will be met likely with anger, not gratitude, despite your good intentions. Well, that's good to know. Let's go fucking out to eat there. Uh, eating placenta in China is number seven. Uh, uh. And I, I don't mean uh, there's a picture. Why the fuck would they do? That? Uh, number eight is Manopo. That reminds me of what Louis C.K. said, though. If anyone hasn't seen the new Louis C.K. special, go check it out. Uh, LouisCK.com. He He's great. He said, I think anyone should be allowed to have an abortion, but you have to eat it. <laughs> so you got to get that shit done quick. <laughs> anyway, what's next? Manopo is a Filipino custom. It is an honoring ge- gesture used to show respect and request a blessing from your elders. The younger person bows towards the elder and presses their forehead into the elder's hand. Sometimes the younger person asks permission before initiating this gesture. Okay. Hmm. I mean, it doesn't seem that. Doesn't weird. seem weird at all, no. Uh, subway pushing is number nine. And it's Japan. Again, Japan's just taking the cake on this one. 
So if you visit Japan, you'll be amazed by how quiet it is when you use its incredibly efficient subway system. Despite the crowds, the only person who make noise on the subway are usually tourists and other foreigners. This is very different than the loud subways we take in places like NYC. Also, unlike in the U.S., when you ride the Japanese subway, don't expect anyone to respect your personal space. Subway cars in Japan are so efficient that there are people employed as subway pushers. Their job? To push more and more passengers into the subway cars to ensure maximum capacity, regardless of how uncomfortable it might be for some riders. I like that, though. So they shove you in, and then they're like, no, you be quiet. That's fine. I mean, they're shoving you in. You should be... A, you. You know this if you're in Japan. So they're just kind of helping. They're like, everyone's going to be squished in here. And then everyone's well aware of it. So they're going to hopefully move out of the way for people. I don't know. The people who have to get pushed out of the way are people just not paying attention. So I don't care if there's people around to push people out of the way somewhere. I'm totally on board with that. Well, at least it's official. I mean, because then you're in in America, you're just going to get some angry dude that's pushing people around and the cops get called. You know, at least these guys are paid to do that. And you know that ahead of time. Uh, number 10 is the turning of the bones. It's in Madagascar, and they unearth the bodies of their loved ones, often from family crypts, change their burial shrouds, and dance with the corpses. The bodies are returned to the crypts at sundown and placed face down, along with money and alcohol. The crypts are then sealed for another five to seven years. Uh, mm-hmm. This tribe, it's the Marina, Marina tribe, believes that until the bodies are fully decomposed, their ancestors are still part of life on Earth. They do not move on to second life until decomposition is complete. So they dig them up to make sure they've grandma's been fully, you know, turned to ash or dust or whatever. Interesting. Number 11 is Ultrabend. It's a pre-wedding custom in Germany that's supposed to bring good luck to the married couple. Uh, this tradition took place, uh, traditionally took place the day before the wedding. Now, however, it might occur at any time within a week or so of the big day. Go read, go scroll up and read what it's called. I want to hear you do it. Oh, a, there's an old German saying, Sturben bringen Glück, which means shards bring luck. People take this very seriously. I love uh, German words so much. Polterbend is filled with other traditions. Chicken soup is the food of choice, which symbolizes fertility. Wait, where's the actual... Usually happens within people commentation. Oh, okay, I missed this part. So the actual polterbend is people come with dishes, planters, even toilets to smash. No glass or mirrors. Uh, toilets are glass, I'm pretty sure, right? Is it event- ceramic? It's, it sounds like it's just ceramic oh, only so to break. Oh. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so they just bring a bunch of shit to smash and then leave it in a pile like, you know, um, hippies at a festival. Hmm. You get down with that. Go break some shit. You're like, fucking happy What's wedding. the divorce rate in Germany? I'd want to know if this really works. Hmm. Don't ask for salt up. in Egypt. What? Yeah, number 12, don't ask for salt in e- Egypt. Uh, most people in the U.S. don't think twice about sprinkling some extra salt and pepper to their meal to add more flavor. Yeah, you fat fucks. However, if you're invited to, for a meal in Egypt, think again. It is insulting to ask for salt in Egypt. If you're in a restaurant and there's no salt on the table, don't ask for it. Be especially careful if you're eating in someone's home. Think about it. Someone went through the trouble of making you a meal just precisely as they want it to be. Egyptians take great insult if you ask for salt. It means you do not think the food they prepared is sufficiently flavorful. But that is subjective to the person. Hey, I think that's fair, though. It's like asking for A1 when you order a filet mignon or something. Well, that's just white people. And the computer's going crazy, so we might be done. What? We need to find the alien deer video. Hang on. Let me just make sure this is still recording. 
Fucking hell. Do I need to free up RAM? Is that what that is? I don't know. How Top much? Share. Okay, it looks like we're still recording. All right, well. That's good. I guess we're done for now. We can play that weird deer video next time. Uh, if you want to look it up, though, it's called Biscuit the Alien Deer. And it's a weird fucking thing. I, I forget what the name of the actual type of deer is. But it's some kind of a certain deer, but it has four glands on its face that like open. It looks alien. It's fucking weird looking. Like, why have we not heard about this deer before now? It's called a muntjac deer. So it's M-U-N-T-J-A-C. And it has glands in its face, but it looks like a squeezy ball when it's, it eats. Like it, they just pop out all at the same time. Like one of those balls that's wrapped in a mesh net and you squeeze yeah. it and it pops. <laughs> it is unsettling. And Jen had to send that to me while I was still at work. She's like, look up this alien deer thing and i'm driving allegedly looking at my phone it's not dying it's just interesting check it out dying that's what I, you were like acting like i sent you something traumatizing it's not it no <laughs> it was just fucking such a weird thing to see while i'm like in work mode i'm like oh jesus why not yeah all right i think that wraps it up uh our sh main show is gonna be on saturday tomorrow instead of sunday because uh, Sunday's Easter, and I'm an idiot and scheduled the show for Sunday. So we rescheduled to Saturday. So after that, I guess we will see everybody next Thursday. So have a great Easter. Uh, make sure you nail yourself to a cross for Jesus. See you, uh, see you soon.